from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Burning issue on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum and a very good evening. Um, but no, it's not Welcome to Burning Issue on VOC 91.3 FM. My name is Gulam Fakir in for Yazid Kamaldin um, this evening, inshallah. And something that has been promoted quite um, often and quite vigorously over the last couple of days was the fact that Burning Issue this evening will um, be speaking exclusively to some of the Mu'tamirin who were supposed to have gone for, for Umrah uh, last year and um, you know they, they didn't after they've paid their monies etc etc so to give you a little bit of context right we also spoke to the South African Hajj and Umrah Council um, which is Sauk and they also said that you know that the Umrah industry is not regulated although they, they believe that it should be regulated as well. Um, you know, and, and therefore they, they didn't basically have any recourse or they couldn't really um, give some sort of assistance to, to, to some of the Mu'tamirin who has experienced this because they, they, and according to them, they don't have jurisdiction over them. So this comes also after two groups that we are, we have reported on quite often since about last year, October, November. Um, you know, we, two groups wanting to travel to Saudi Arabia were allegedly conned out of over 1.3 million rand. Um, which is quite excessive and as the story developed it amounted to more than 4 million rand in totality now 18 people from Strand and 40 people from Mitchell's Plain were set to leave for Umrah on Christmas Day but were informed that the trip was cancelled the day before now this has caused obviously many sadness amongst the Muslim community amongst the Mu'atamirin themselves they've invested they've paid their money they've been getting up early to go and sell these samosas or whatever it, the, the case might be and they've basically lent the trust into certain individuals and they've given that money and only to be informed you know and can you just i want you just to sit back before we give any other context and hand over to the guest i want you to think about this for seven to ten years you got up religiously you went to go and make your kusistas, your samosas, you saved every penny. You know, some people, I know of people that still threw it in a coffee block and a nikas. You know, they didn't go and put it in the bank um, because those were all traditions that people used to do. And so they've saved up over this period of time. And eventually they say, wow, Alhamdulillah, Allah has granted us to save up 50,000 rand so my husband and I can go. You know, every, all expenses paid, you know, everything is going to be sold. Alhamdulillah, you know, and they go and this, and, and people tell them, go to Gulam and Gulam can sort you out. I'm talking about me now, no? hypothetically speaking, before people again think that I'm an operator. But go to Gulam, you know, and because, you know, I think, oh no, Gulam is an imam. You know, Gulam is on the radio, it, he can't do anything wrong, or whatever the case might be. And you go and you invest not only your money, but you invest your trust into Gulam. And the day before you're supposed to leave, Gulam just disappears and tells you you can't go, or whatever the case, for whatever reasons, right? And what is, an, what is a reasonable expectation 
after that because you've now built up hype. You told your family you're going to go for Umrah. You know, you promised grandkids, mom's going to bring you this or I'm going to buy you that or, you know, this is normal. You walk in Catesville and you just smell the utter and you're thinking, yeah, Allah, you know, I'm going to go back to a place where I'm going to be smelling that for every day for as long as I'm there. And so all of these emotions are running high. You've prepped, you've bought your things, you, you're ready to go to undertake this journey. And that, now this happens. And VOC has been covering this story quite excessively. And this evening, we're not going to be looking at any particular individual or individuals because we might know of two or three, but there might be 10, 15 out there. We want to look at how is it that this industry should be regulated. We've asked the South African Hajj and Umrah Council, why is the Umrah in the naming of Sauk. You know, and there's there's a lot of explanations going on. Some of it makes sense, others don't make sense, etc. etc. And but it's but it's something that people want to be regulated. The Muslim Judicial Council, we have, we've asked them, you know, and they've committed to doing that, so did Satoa. And those are the people that we'll be talking to this evening. So this evening on Burning Issue, you're welcome to participate in the program on 072-238-0712. That's 072-238-0712. You can also um, WhatsApp me or SMS me on 47913. When the opportunity arises, you can give me a call on 021-442-3530. So in studio with me, I've got Washila Noor. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm going to ask you to sit just a little bit closer to, to, to the microphone. Yeah. And Ante Washila is um, yeah. one of the Mu'tamirin that had to leave for Umrah. We're going to hear her story in the next couple of minutes. I've also got her husband with me, uh, Muhammad Noor. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. And you were also supposed to have left for Umrah? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And then I've also got uh, Malina Hassan Abrams. He's from the Jamit al Ulama in the Western Cape. Salaamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And then uh, the guy that's going to be reading me all my rights as I go along through the program, Mr. Fazlidin Abrams. He is an attorney. Salaamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And then the gentleman, uh, the face that is on uh, the Faisal Sayed show. Salaamu alaikum, Faisal. Well, I'm so I'm good. I'm, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I didn't know you that when I came in. I just rushed in, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Faisal, you know what? Just to create some sort of perspective and, and, and to create context um, with regards to the story. And I know that I, I think you and I have been basically working on this thing from, what, the 3rd, 4th of January. And we said we needed to do something with regards to this to, to highlight the platform to see how it is that we can regulate or assist in regulating the industry through the mediums that you and I are, are, are involved in. But... And, I, and I've seen the, f- the feedback on the Facebook pages and stuff that has been going around. What sort of, you know, attracted you to the story in the sense that this is something that needs to happen? I think one always breaks things down to life-defining moments. And content on my show and, I'm, and I suppose your show are fueled by defining moments in our lives. One of the defining moments for me in my life was one day when I was in the office and <coughs> secretary said somebody came to see me and the general protocol in media is that you don't just easily see somebody that walks in yep. could be someone out there to stab you which happens even after this cases but uh, <laughs> be that as it may secretary came back in and said that the lady is distraught and she's crying i then went to reception and i'm met by a lady that's almost eight years old and she, the minute she sees me she goes down on her knees and grabs my feet wow and i immediately went down and I sat down 
with her and I asked her what's wrong and I sat on the floor with her and she said that my money for Umrah is gone and you have to help me. I initially thought that she had come to me for, for finances but that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. I realized at that point that I need to go out there and start a war and this war today is known as the war on Hajj Crooks mm-hmm. and that includes the Umrah by the way. But that's one defining moment. And it's from that point that you start realizing that when you scratch into this matter, you find that that ATL lady is not the only one that came, came to me. After that, we find a cathartic process of people coming in saying that they've been robbed many years ago and stuff like that. Mm. Another, another matter that it sort of sparked up the matter again with me this year around was that we obviously see the Fasih cases and all of that coming up. But you know we ran that campaign with Al-Wakha to take the deaf people on Umrah. Mm, mm, mm. My mother's been ill, as you know, she had leukemia. But when we went in February on that trip, her last trip to the Holy Lands, I recall her face a few nights before as a cancer patient, suddenly having this awakening of energy because she knew in two, three days time we are going to the holy land so she was energized to go and i asked myself the question today are the people out there that had paid for that trip uh, that their children had paid for them to go and like my mother had passed away what would i do today if she had passed away and i didn't take her because we were robbed for example it's unthinkable these are the driving forces inside of us but when you scratch to the clinical side of the matter and leave the emotions aside you will unearth a complete group of people out there that are riding on what you said early on. That smell, that scent, the spirituality of Umrah. That's a time to target somebody when they let the wall down because of spirituality. So that drives this almost four-year mm. war against Right. So with that context, um, I want to go and pay the bills quickly. On the other side... We're going to be speaking to Washila Noor as well as husband Abdul Muhammad Noor who's in studio. And just to sort of get their story, I want to get their feel. They must give us that context. What does it mean to them? Where are they now? What is going to happen next? I welcome your comments on 0722380712-47913. I want to acknowledge 0115-0777-689-1-9964-665-7738-6325. Got all your messages. Shukran so much. Um, keep it coming on 0722380712. We'll be going through all of these messages pertaining to this case. Your opinion um, also that we would like to hear. That will also be great, inshallah. Um, we'll be back right after this. from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Burning Issue on Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome to it. My name is Gulam Fakir. I'm in for uh, Yazid Kamaldin this evening on Burning Issue. This evening we are talking about uh, Umrah and uh, should the industry be regulated. And, um, well, I, I said that I was going to speak to Washila Noor and Buddha Muhammad Noor. Um, just to explain to us their story because they are still basically waiting for their money. So, Washi- and Washila... 
and you still think I'm going to leave the house after Fajr, we're going to go to the airport, we're leaving. And then I think the reality kicked in the morning because I didn't sleep at all that night. Mm. And you, you know, thoughts is going through your mind, is it really happening to us? How can it happen to us? How can it happen to you? Do you understand? And this is what people ask us, you know, you've traveled so many times, how could you be conned? And what do you answer? What, what, What do you tell people? Before I get into that, let me bring in with the Muhammad Nuri as well. Um, so you usually that that I and I assume that would be the the husband's role is to kind of um, create that 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 sort of stability and just say, listen, one step at a time. We're going to do this this way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But surely there must have been some sort of emotional um, anger, if you want to call it that, from your side as well. What went through your mind? Because now you need to try and find out what's happening what's the true story and at the same time you also want to keep your your, your wife calm and, and make sure that she goes for Umrah that you've planned for yeah of course look everybody's upset you're not traveling anymore you're seeing out to a journey that uh, you're preparing yourself spiritually mentally physically financially and everybody's disappointed because People just send you an email or a message, your trip has been cancelled, you don't have visas, you are not controlling any situation about it. So who's sending these messages or these emails? Is it the person that you've been liaising with? Yes. Okay. Yes. I got a phone call at quarter to 12. When I picked up the phone, it was there was nobody on the other side of the line. Mm. And then his phone, he, he had, at the same time he had a call and he was on the phone with him. And all they said was, we're not leaving anymore, visas wasn't done. And then he obviously got furious because he said, listen, yeah, I had enough. I want my, I want the, our, our passports and I want our money. Did you, did you get your passports? Did you get your money? After, yes, the, the 30th, the 31st, we got our passports. I think we were from the first ones that got our passport okay. because he's, he threatened them. Okay, so now tell me something. So now... And, and you've mentioned that you've, you've been for Umrah, you know, uh, before as well. So you kind of know the drill, you know, how things would work out, etc. And so you've got that expectation. Exactly. Many people are asking this question at this point in time. And I think there was a message that came through. It says, <coughs> it comes from 8080. It says, Salam, I've been getting for the past three years messages of the said person that's in question who is fraudulent. I mean, really, when a package is too good to be true, it, it usually is. I just can't understand how these people can operate for years conning people and getting away with it. Whoever oversee these people, who give them permission to operate, there should be another body involved. Clearly, we need to get more people involved here as well. Now, a lot of people are asking this question in a nutshell. And I'm not going to go through all of them because it basically boils down to the same thing. They want to know if you've been traveling for so long or so many times, how is it that you felt comfortable taking your money and saying, I'm going with Mr. X? Because Mr. X didn't, didn't exist to us. So we, bro- we booked through somebody that we trusted. We went, through, we went with this person and um, unfortunately things didn't work out. So did you go up with this person before? Yes, we traveled with him before. Okay. But, uh, like I say, um, he's very trustworthy, so obviously you would, you would trust this person because we've traveled with him on numerous occasions. Right. And um, I'm not going to say that he was involved because um, there's no proof to that. Yeah. And um, 
he is the type of person that, you know, is straightforward. Mm. So we didn't expect this to happen. If he's a victim, I would, can I say that, I would like him to come forward mm. and stand with us. You're right. So at this point in time, I'd also just want to say that um, our producers have been working endlessly around the clock since I've pitched this program to them. And like we said in the beginning, that Faisal and I have been in contact since around the 4th of January already. And we've been working around the clock to, to putting this program together to invite, you know, the, the, the alleged um, people to come on board with us, to talk to us. And we, there was no luck. There was no luck with regards to that. But then things took a little bit of a twist uh, where it was reported that some people received their money. Um, Najwa Levy, Salaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam. How are you, Auntie Najwa? Alhamdulillah, yourself? I'm good, Alhamdulillah. Are you also from Strand or are you from the Mitchell Spring Group? No, I'm from Weinberg. From Weinberg. So I believe that you have also, um, you know, paid your deposit to leave for Umrah. Tell us your story quickly. What happened? Now we got to look up. We got the money back yesterday. It's only three that still need to get the money, and they're going to get the money tomorrow, inshallah. Inshallah. But Antinajwa, I just wanted to, 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 to paint a picture. And we understand that the money has been paid back, or like they are um, claiming mm-hmm. that half of, or 50% of the money, overall total, has been paid back, and they are paying the money back. But you, when were you supposed to leave for Umrah? That's correct, yes. So when were you supposed to leave? On the 25th of December, as you people know already. Okay, so you were supposed to leave on the 25th. What happened? Why didn't you go? We were told that um, Sky Travel, the tickets was, apparently the tickets was, was booked. And then when we found to find out, and then it was it because we were 40. We were 10 from ASEAN Kajan, right? And then 30 was from, um, some of them were from Spain, yeah. and we were told from, um, what's the other place's name now? Um, Arabian tours. They were going to go with us, but in total, we were supposed to be 40, right? Okay. So then we had meetings every Sunday with Imam Fasir, and then we were told that um, the people that 30 postponed to March, right? right? So then we were left with the 10 of us only. And when we asked Imam Fasir, so he said, he don't have money to take us because now the ticket is went up because they need to fill those tickets. So we asked the number for, from Sky to, um, what's it, Sky Travel, and we found them. And then, um, no, Shahi, Abrams, he spoke to the Hendricks. And then you also said, because I don't speak to us, I also speak to Dar Ulum, the guy that's in charge of the Umrah that he my dealings with. But he spoke to Shahim Hendricks. And then only after, and then Imam came back to us and he said to us, that's a story, but you want the money back, then you'll have to wait 60 days. But he's taking full responsibility that he's going to pay us in January, the end of January, which was on the 20th, the 20th of December, we had a meeting. It was myself, Shaheem Hendricks, his mommy Fatima Hendricks, she was supposed to go with us, and um, Yahya, yeah, and, yeah, and Zairana, Zairana Minton. So you got all your money? And then we were told, and then he signed a letter, saying that he's uh, keeping his amount, it's going to pay us out on the 20th, okay. which was yesterday. And, so and then yesterday they told me, and they paid me out, they paid my sister Nariman, and you out? And they paid Zairana Minton and the mommy and the daddy and the son. Mm. And then when I found Shaheem to tell him that he must found the sky, I mean Imam Fasir, and then when he found so they said by Wednesday they will pay because it's only a certain limit that they can pay up per day. Okay. Okay, so tomorrow they will get the three of them. 
Okay. So um, so you've got your money and uh, did, did you get your full money? Alhamdulillah, yes. We all got our full money except for the three that must all get tomorrow. And you are planning your umrah again, inshallah? <coughs> yes, inshallah, yes, yes, yes. And will, will, yes. You be going, will you be going with the same person? No, no, no. I'm going now for someone else. Okay. I just wanted to get your story as well, just so that we can get the balanced view on this issue. Shukran so much for your time, Auntie Najwa Levy, was also supposed to leave um, on Umrah for the, uh, on the 25th of December for Umrah. That's gone uh, 27 minutes to the hour of uh, 8 o'clock. This is, of course, burning issue on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. So it does seem, um, are, you, are you optimistic, Auntie Washila, that you will be getting your money back? Look, we got some of our money. Okay. We found out on the morning of the 31st that our tickets were booked, but not through the agent that we book with. We found one of one of the people that was supposed to leave with us, his daughter, I think, works at a travel agency, and she somehow found out that our tickets were booked at one stop. We managed to secure the tickets. Mm. So we have reissued our tickets. I don't know if everybody, because there was a penalty involved okay. that, wa- that we had to pay. So I know the two of us have our tickets. Okay. And we have dates that we are going to leave. 1018, I've got your message. You wanted to know who booked with this guy. Well, if you've listened to the program, you would have known exactly what's going on. Uh, somebody zero triple seven says, Slam Gulam, I think it's just kind of disgusting that a person can con people of the uh, hard earned halal money and don't forget the person who conned them. His family also benefits from that stolen money. He did this 20 years ago when I went on Hajj um, with me and with other people. Work about the other people, or what about the other people whose money was never paid back? Zero triple seven wanted to know as well. We are streaming live on Facebook as well, so you can go and check us out there. Um, somebody said, please. Please remove your cap. You can't see your face. I needed to do that. Um, after the break, inshallah, I want to bring in Malana Ihsan um, Abrams, who's from uh, the ja- uh, Jamiat um, Ulama, or yeah, on the Western Cape, to speak to us and just to get their view on this. Thereafter, we'll be speaking to Satawa. We're going to get the MGC involved. We're also going to speak to um, the attorney that's in studio with us. And of course, then you can give us a call and we're going to be opening up the lines. We'll be taking it all on 0722380712479131. And a note to 1442353. Let's go and pay the bills. On the other side, we continue. From Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Burning Issue on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. I'm Gulam Fakir. Shukran for joining us. Um, I'm going to be summarizing the call because some of the Facebook uh, viewers are asking us to please do that because they obviously couldn't hear the call. But before we do that, I want to bring in um, uh, the second deputy president of the Muslim Judicial Council, Sheikh Riyad Fatar, who spoke about this um, already on breakfast uh, about two weeks ago. Sheikh, salam alaikum. Sheikh, the MJC's take on whether or not the, the Umrah industry should be regulated, Sheikh. Habibi, in respect to the listeners, the MJC is undoubtedly behind the fact that the Umrah industry needs to be regulated. And that that regulation um, cannot happen 
from people that is in uh, that are operators in the industry, but rather other outside people, ulama, other organizations, um, and legal fraternity uh, from different organizations. But it must be an institution that is done by different organizations. So yes, does it need a regulation? Undoubtedly. Sure, and then obviously, I mean, we've heard over the last couple of months, you know, of certain individuals who had conned, and I use the word in inverted commas, people out of their money, and uh, the people have called on the MGC to step in and assist them to to to, to sort of get their money back. Sheikh, is 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 that something that uh, the MGC can assist with? Habibi, the MGC has over the years, and I'm talking about many years already, always called upon the people. Uh, that has, and let's use the word that you've used, uh, con the people out of their money. Um, unfortunately, there isn't much you can do when people do not want to lay a, 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 a case at the police station or take it to court and things like that. And one can understand that because everybody doesn't have the money. So that's why I admire the attorney first who has come forward to help the community and others that are coming forward because we need to do the regulation before people are caught up like this. We can't every time sit back and say, you know, you knew and you did, and why did you do that, and so on. So we must do that regulation, and we must name and shame those who are catching our people. Sheikh, you, and we, I spoke to Sauk and I spoke to Satawa previously, and we spoke about, you know, throwing the word regulation around, etc. But what would be the first step, Sheikh? Would you recommend that we do as as in like yesterday to to, to get the ball rolling in terms of regulating the industry? Um, well, obviously we need to call everybody to a meeting. We need to call the legal people. We need to see whether we can do this thing um, through our government. And the one thing that I've mentioned before is that we must approach the government and see whether we can get an ombudsman for yeah. Hajj and Umrah. But these are all the things that happens in an initial meeting. And again, I say it must be spearheaded by people that are not standing to benefit anything out of the uh, Umrah industry. Mm. Sheikh, I'm going to have to leave it there. Shukran so much for breaking out of your class to speak to us this evening. All the yeah, best, inshallah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's gone uh, six minutes, or rather 14 minutes to the hour of uh, 8 o'clock. And uh, Sheikh Riyad Fatar, of course, uh, being the second deputy president of the MJC. And uh, he had to step out of class to um, just take this call and share the opinion on the matter as well. Now, the next person that I also want to uh, be speaking to is Malin Ehsan Abrams. There was... Um, a WhatsApp actually that I received and, and I'd rather have Molina speak about that himself he's in studio just listening very attentively Molina once again Salaam Alaikum just sit a little bit closer for me to the microphone please Wa Alaikum Salaam Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh so, so there was a there was a WhatsApp that came around of course so you representing um, the Jamaat Al-Ulama in the Western Cape right? Gee that's correct Molina so there's, there's a WhatsApp that has been doing around I don't know if it has been sent to me only but it seems like it's been forwarded around um, where your stance is um, basically that you are grateful that the pre- was applied, you know, to, to have the monies paid um, to some of the Maltamarine that had to leave. What is your stance overall on this matter? Well, absolutely. Alhamdulillah, we, we make shukr to Allah Ta'ala who's given us the courage, you know, and uh, the time and the effort, you know, and the use to uh, carry on with these type of uh, projects. And um, overall, we, 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 we strongly oppose and condemn these types of actions. And we uh, strongly believe that the industry has to be regulated. 
But in such a way, uh, like Sheikh Riyad Fata mentioned now also with the people who do not necessarily have, you know, an invested interest in this uh, particular thing, be it uh, through uh, free pub, uh, publicity or uh, a monetary gaining uh, aspect to it. But also we believe that the Mu'tamirin and the Hujaj, you know, it should be done in such a way that it doesn't incur any difficulty upon them as far as traveling is concerned. And as far as the burden of having to uh, fork out so much money, you know, uh, unfortunately the industry is like it is, you know, where people uh, are, are expected to pay exorbitant amount of monies. And uh, as far as regulating is concerned, we believe strongly that uh, one has to consider these things because what we've really learned through this whole exercise, alhamdulillah, uh, that we've been uh, participating with from the very inception is that um, a lot of people are going on Umrah and on Hajj for the first time. And a lot of people are not aware of what is happening and what the industry is about. And so uh, the words of, uh, of you know, a, 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 a Kafir bygone uh, times president of the United States of America, he said that, um, well, life, uh, um, you never to, you, life is too short to make all the mistakes yourself. Don't be a fool. Learn from the mistakes of others. And in this way, you know, alhamdulillah, by advocating and by uh, coming out, you know, with the, with the selected few people that, are, that Allah Ta'ala has chosen, you know, whom he has given courage to, they have they came out, alhamdulillah, and uh, with their courage, they are actually educating and they're teaching the people, you know, that uh, one has to do a proper, proper case study before embarking upon these journeys. So, alhamdulillah, we have entered into this era and into this Akhir Zaman time where uh, part of traveling for these holy uh, journeys, one has to consider also who one is going with. Mm. Now, also part of the statement that uh, that came out, you said that as, uh, while you are happy that some of the monies have been paid back, you said that you will still proceed um, and encouraging to proceed with uh, the intended with legal processes till all the monies are returned. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, in, in, in the initial stages, we, we intended and our consultation with various people was that um, we should actually work towards uh, our main objective as part as, as, as repentance and Toba, uh, as far as the aspect of Toba is concerned, would be for uh, these perpetrators and these uh, criminals to return the haq, the right back uh, to the individuals whom they have done wrong to. And that in its, in its asal, in its essence, is ultimately what we had aimed to do. However, during the course of the time, we have learned that uh, so much... Um, you know, thought and scheming and fraudulent activities has surfaced, has surfaced in this particular manner that uh, people went really out of their way uh, to um, to put the scheme together, mm. you know. And uh, after looking and examining all the evidences and the proofs, you know, which we cannot uh, divulge, you know, um, uh, at this point in time, which, uh, alhamdulillah, our, 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 our lawyer has advised that, uh, you know, we shouldn't uh, divulge this information at this point in time. But considering all the evidence, we realize that this is a recurring issue, you know. It's happening in year in and year out. And uh, unfortunately, we've also noticed that there are other um, Hajj and Umar operators who see people getting away with this type of thing. And uh, people, uh, you know... Uh, could see this as a very lucrative way uh, to, 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 to source, uh, you know, an, a, 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 a haram source of income. Mm. And so keeping all of this in mind, you know, we realize the importance why we have to go forward and take this thing forward in a legal aspect as opposed to just working towards uh, the Mutamirin or the Hujaj having their monies returned to them.
Right. I want you to hold on, uh, hold on that thought for me quickly. Before we, ne- we need to break away from Maghrib in the next uh, three to four minutes or so, but I want to bring in Sadiq Stienkamp, who is uh, from Satawa, to also just share his comments with regards to this. And I know, Mr. Stienkamp, salamu alaikum, you and I, we've been chatting about this on air, off air, and everything else. But just to sort of recap, Mr. Sadiq Stienkamp, your take on on, on the fact that uh, uh, there are calls for the industry to be regulated. Salamu alaikum. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to the listeners and all to your guests out there. Yes, uh, Gulam, uh, alhamdulillah. Uh, I, I'm glad that the subject is being revisited on, uh, on, on air and that it is in the news because it is absolutely imperative that we do something about uh, these uh, you know, shenanigans that's going on. And you would have recently seen that um, Satawa has put out a press release that we want national discussion on Umrah regulation, and I know that it's very strictly um, regulated in the kingdom, but uh, in South Africa there's very little regulation, except, of course, using our justice system, which can take very long, and then, of course, also, uh, from a legal point of view, also a little bit expensive. Mm. So, alhamdulillah, I mean, you know, we want to sit and discuss and call in government and legal expertise and the public and Islamic organizations out there and say, how do we sit down and talk to government to see how we can get this, this industry better regulated or regulated per se? And if not, how do we then do self-regulation? So I think it's very, very important because, I mean, it is a subject of Omara. It's very close to our hearts. It's throughout the year. People work hard for it. And, uh, you know, it is a spiritual journey. And we have to make sure, inshallah ta'ala, that our perspective, Mu'atamirin, get exactly what they've made me at and what they've paid for. I mean, inshallah. Uh, Mr. Stink, I'm shukran so much for, um, you know, for, for, for putting down Satawa's statement with regards to this. I've also read it as well. And I appreciate your time this evening, inshallah. Shukran so much. Barakallah fi, alaikum. Alaikum salam rahmatullah. So some people wanted to, wanted me to comment on, or rather share, or yeah, to summarize some of the calls that we had this, uh, this evening. So the one call that we made was, was to Najwa Levy. She was one of the Mota Meridian that was supposed to leave on the 24th or the 25th of December. She didn't leave and she was promised then that she will get the money for the latest by the 20th of January 2020 of which she received the money yesterday. She also confirmed that she will still be leaving for Umrah inshallah. No dates have been confirmed yet but she will not be leaving with the person that she had initially gone with. Um, then the other call that we made was with, uh, was with regards to Sheikh Riyad Fatar who was the sec- who is the second deputy president of the Muslim Judicial Council and Sheikh Riyad Fatar basically spoke about the fact that he feels on behalf of the MGC that this industry should be regulated. He's calling on all legal entities and every other body to come on board and uh, be able to assist and lend their services to this. And then lastly, we also had an interview with Sadiq Stienkamp, who is uh, from Satoa, that's the South African Travel and Operators Association, um, and he spoke to us uh, regarding their statement, and in fact, he, he, they released a statement uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, talking about the industry that should be regulated as well. I've got a minute left before I need to go for the Wakt of Maghrib. I hope that I've summarized it up and I did justice to that, but let me get into some of the messages quickly that's going to take me to Maghrib. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Shukran to VSC and Faisal, uh, say for, for, for pursuing this Umrah 
fraud case so vigorously. Also acknowledging uh, TNK attorney Fazludin Abram's efforts in securing justice for the victims of the Umbra scandal. However, we know rot and exploitation of Hujash runs uh, all the very top organizations. No ways, says 0115. The Umrah industry must not be regulated as this will lead to further exploitation of the Maktamirin as is done to the past and prospective Hujaj um, uh, making two uh, points there as well. All operators should be vetted, says 0199. If you make a claim, you can take a hundred hajjis for hajj, then you should be able to put down a cash back guarantee for at least 70% or at least 70% into a trust fund independently controlled. Don't use the Hajj's money to fund your business, says 0199. All this and more happening on Burning Issues. Time for us to break away. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Burning Issue on uh, Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum and a very good evening. We are talking this evening about the Umrah industry and we're asking whether or not it should be regulated. Um, at this point, I want to bring in our attorney. We've been speaking to Washila Noor and Muhammad Said Noor, uh, or Said Muhammad Noor, who um, was, was still waiting on their money to be paid back. We also spoke to Najwa Levy. Um, she was also supposed to leave on Umrah. Um, she got her money back as promised by the alleged um, operator or, or person, individual at the time, and she had gotten her money back. We spoke to Sheikh Riyad Fatad as well as Satawa to speak to us about whether or not the industry should be regulated. Um, speaking to Sadiq Steenkamp over there, <clears throat> I'd like to bring in Fazludin Abrams, who is an attorney and who is working very closely with these uh, individuals as well on assisting them. Um, Fazludin, you've been at the forefront with Faisal said as well as Malin Ehsan, you know, um, at the forefront in trying to find out the legal aspects, legal routes, what are the options, etc., with regards to this. Let's just take a step back quickly in terms of what is it that the law says when it comes to the, the Umrah industry in terms of money, where you're paying money out, um, and, and what is their recourse? At the moment, I'm not afraid with what the, the law says with regards to travel operators, but I know that SAUG is the body that, that has been entrusted to, to regulate uh, the Hajj uh, travels, and I know that they are not uh, entrusted to regulate the Umrah. Um, so with my investigation, when I, when I started with the investigation, I, I, I inquired with them, uh, or at least with individuals uh, in, the, in the industry, mm. uh, to find out whether this particular travel is regulated, and they said no. Um, and I was quite surprised because the amount of money that is being paid over to tour operators and individuals who put themselves forward as tour operators is, is huge amounts. And, and, and for the industry not to be regulated was a very big surprise to me. Mm. And so, so now uh, Faisal came to you or you came to Faisal and you like... Faisal is like, what do we do? You know, sure, what, is the, sure. what is the first thing that's going through your mind? Well, in 2018, I went on Hajj, alhamdulillah, and then I saw uh, Faisal on Facebook and uh, what happened, what transpired with uh, the um, 
um, individual who has now call it embezzled or uh, taken funds from uh, Mutamirin and uh, I said well uh, part of my goal uh, when I went on, on, on or when I came back from Hajj as was to utilize my skills and services uh, and resources uh, in order to be selfless mm. and give back wherever I can and I saw this as a, 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 a perfect uh, opportunity uh, to, to help the uh, victims uh, to come forward and 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 yeah, I'm sitting today uh, still trying to put in the effort and I and I just feel that uh, this is a space where I should be mm. and I'm cutting, committing myself to 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 utilize whatever I have. And I believe that um, you are also calling out whoever else has been um, you know feel, feeling that they've been you know Certainly. you calling those people to come to the fore as well. How do they get in contact with you? They can contact me by email. It's F Abrams at TNK Law. .co.za or they could call the office numbers 021-422-0537 or they could simply contact me on my cell number it's 082-495-8989 and my call is to, to anyone out there whether it was with these particular tour operators or subcontractors whatever they call themselves uh, anyone regardless of the service whether it's Umrah anything related to your um, let's say communication or negotiations with anybody who puts themselves forward to uh, stand as uh, imams or or in the the Islamic uh, sphere, and they take advantage of you and they uh, utilize your funds for other than what you pay them for. Please come forward. I would like to to provide you with a service and and my resources so that we can get all of them and and sort them out legally. Fantastic. Now, when we were off air, um, <laughs> I must just be very honest, Faisal and and team that. Um, People usually call me Mr. G, the face for radio, and 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 all of a sudden we're going on on screen and amal de gute and in makeup as much. for me to do in your and amal So it was a bit of a problem for me, right? So it was weird because we we we, we went for commercials and we carried on on Facebook Live. We went for 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 the Maghrib and and, and we went on Facebook Live, and it just feels like I've been running consistently for twenty, or at least for the for the last Welcome two hours. Welcome to the media. Um, but Faisal, let's just let's just look at um, one of the things that I want to ask Ante Washila actually just move the microphone to me is that somebody said and I needed to paint the picture and, and, and Malin Ahsan as well if you can come a little bit closer to the microphone tell me more about I heard the word apology can I start okay you start well no, you can go back on that somebody and some people are sending us requests now that Fasik Adams has paid some of the people that we need to apologize for dragging a crook through the mud. Now, oh sorry, whatever I say is my opinion and not that of the radio station. So I just want to exonerate you because I know that things get a bit strange on my <laughs> side. But uh, be that as it may, they say the truth own, the truth remains the truth. The truth has no versions, it just is. So here's the issue. I am never going to apologize for calling out a crook that I believe only came to pay people the accounts now because we made a big noise throughout Johannesburg, mm. Cape Town, Durban, ETV's got that imam on the run. So now we see all of that running and therefore he comes and he makes payments to avoid prison and legal action. Because but that's not entirely true, Faisal, what? because according to, to, to Najwa Levy mm. that we spoke, 
and I, and I quote her, she says, um, he made a commitment that he would be paying them their money by the 20th of January. By the end of January, 20th of January. And she got the money. So, so do you think that is the pressure? So, 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 yes, it is the pressure. Because although although he, pays, he has he made pays, that commitment? He pays the, uh, sorry, the Patel cases at 10,000 Rand. But for two years, we're chasing him for, them, for that money, and he had disappeared. Why did he give them 10,000 Rand now? Okay. So, so, but I don't know. Fazilitin can <coughs> focus on that, but I believe that this is an effort to tailspin the legal action, and he can deal with those things and how that might uh, affect uh, uh, the, the cases that we put forth. But in the end of the day, you're looking at a long criminal history, and now suddenly that, which is good, and I'm so happy for for the people that's got their money back. Trust me, uh, I feel that something has come from all that years of shouting and ranting. But those people should also be lending support to the Washilas and the Muhammad who also didn't get their money back, I suppose. Correct, yes. Now, now that concerns me, Kulam. I just want to touch on that, yeah. if you don't mind. In the past, people were asking about the Sakala cases and all of that. Let me tell you what happens. People disappear, and the coal in the stove, in this stove, is the victims. Mm-hmm. Fazluddin as an attorney can only do what he does if he has what he needs as tools. I can only do what I do as far as I go. And sometimes I put in many nights, sleepless nights, people tell me I look like I'm on drugs with all those dark rings and my eyes. Not, I'm not on drugs. I just don't sleep because these type of issues continue perpetuating throughout the night. Fazluddin recently joins the, the, the crew and he's also in the middle of the night. I don't know if his wife's probably wondering where is he, but we're sitting all night unpacking these issues. And then what happens is we go as far as the as the as the court steps and and the and the SAPS office, and then we find a victim withdraws, and then the public asks, "But didn't you get this guy behind?" No, we can't because right. the victims are the few. <coughs> I hear you. Let's play the balls quickly. On the other side of the break, my lines are open. I'm going to allow for a few calls. I know to one four four two three five three zero. We're going to keep it clean. We're going to play nice, okay? So oh to one four four two three five three zero oh seven two two three eight oh seven one two four seven nine one three. It's gone twenty three after eight o'clock. We're back after this. From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Burning Issue on uh, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM 7107 asks, what does the UN SAUG stands for? And then they deleted the message. Hmm. I saw it already, but we're going to leave it there. I want to I kick off this part of the show, and I've got about, I'm, gonna, I'm going to dedicate the, the next 20 minutes until um, about 10 to or so to the panel, and then I'm going to wrap up, and then I'm going to go through all the messages that came through. So our show ends at about, say, 10, 10, 10 to or 52 issues, so inshallah. So, um, Washila, I believe that you also received um, uh, some notification that you needed to apologize. Or no, what, no, what no. What was the story? There's a group um, that we belong to for those victims that... Um, I'm talking about this that was done in now or last year. So um, this one person said that um, those that have got their money back should now apologize because... Apologize to who? To Fasil. Okay. Um, because they slandered his name. And I was furious when, when reading this because I felt, and I, and I sent Molana Ihsan a message, and I said, why should we apologize? Mm. Weren't we the victims? 
And at the end of the day, um, this was supposed to be a holy journey that we were going on, not a holiday. Right. And for me, it's something that Allah picks you as a person. And you get hand you get hand pick for this, and who gives him the right to decide if you or if you're not going, because this is how I feel. He decided for us, and at the end of the day, what happened to our money? Why couldn't he pay our money at that time when things got cancelled? Mm. So this is just how I feel. No, of course. At the end of the day, if he had our money, if he wasn't, if he was innocent, why couldn't our money be paid back immediately? Mm. And this is all questions that we don't have answers for. Right. So um, I feel I don't need to apologize for anything because I didn't do anything. And you didn't get the money I, back either. Not just that, I told the truth. Yeah. I told what happened to us and why should I apologize for that? Mm. Double six five seven asks, apologize for what the people is still not going or yeah, still not going on Umrah because of this person. Uh, Malina Hassan, you feel also uh, uh, there was something to do with an apology for you as well and you had a different take on, uh, on it. Well, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, a very similar request came through to us on one of the groups that we are on um, requesting, you know, and considering that he's made payment now. Um, should we, uh, who went out there to uh, name and shame him as uh, Sheikh Riyad Fatah, as earlier mentioned, uh, should we then not apologize to him? And I don't know, at this point in time, I just, I was, I was a bit baffled, you know, that somebody could actually pluck the courage to even ask a question like that. And then I realized perhaps this is, you know, a cheap, some cheap form of entertainment. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, we didn't make uh, Imam Fasih or any other uh, Hajj or Umrah operator who crooks people uh, we didn't make them that way. They chose to be that way. It was their choice. Okay. In Afrikaans, they say, Dai wat sai sal mai. That which you show, you shall reap. You know? Uh, in Arabic, they say, Man jadda wajada, whosoever strive shall find. So we found that uh, these particular people, they did certain things mm-hmm. and they branded themselves. We cannot come out, for example, our lawyer, uh, Fazuddin Abram, sitting in front of us here. We didn't make him a lawyer. He did that himself. He did. He studied the books. He's still studying also, by the way. Mm. And he's sacrificing, you know, the, 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 the efforts that he's made. But at the end of the day, it was the challenges that he went through. He went through the exams. He passed the test. And he came out to be the person that he was. Also, when we look at... Uh, uh, would, would these people have even made payments with regards to these monies? Uh, when Kari Ahmad Saeed, uh, someone in Indonesia, you know, um, he has a Facebook page. Uh, he contacted me. We've been. Uh, he posted our, uh, our articles that, that, that we wrote with regards to the subject matter on his Facebook page. He's been in contact with us from day one. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. He's contacted us. He asked me, Molana, uh, who do you think we should be paid first? I said to him, Look, first payment, in my opinion, uh, should be made to the Patels in Johannesburg because they've been uh, for two years and on and more. They've been in this particular uh, quagmire where they only received ten thousand rand with an outstanding amount of fifty thousand rand. Today, Alhamdulillah, because of the pressure that we applied, uh, Faisal Sayed, and with the lawyer, yeah, Alhamdulillah, um, Allah Shukr, and the Mu'tamirin, uh, the, the Mu'tamirin, the collected effort, payments were worked towards, you know. So at the end of the day, when it comes to when it comes down to 
the subject matter with regards to an apology. The apology should really be coming from these individuals who have caused so much inconvenience, you know, to these Mu'atamirin and uh, with the other cases as well. We, I was told, you know, and very sadly that Khujaj were even left to the extent that they were left at the airport. Mm. Now, I mean, these type of things, uh, uh, these people are just getting away. I mean, uh, very least an apology should be sorted for. Right. In fact, um, uh, you know, people were, it's going crazy. I don't even know where to, to, to go with all these messages. Um, but there's a question for you, Molina, and I want to, uh, Mr. Mr. Abrams. Fazludim. Fazludim. You must an attorney, so you must say, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pay me, you <laughs> <laughs> So, Fazludim, I want you to think about this. The way forward, and I'm going to get you before 10 to 9 because I needed to think about this. The way forward, how people can contact you. I know you've shared that information as well. And then also, there's a, there's a perception when it comes to money that, for example, if it's under 20,000 rand, I need to go to the small claims court. Will a case like this stand in the small claims court for, for argument's sake? But what would be the best way to go forward on this? The other thing is also, if, for example, any individual, whether the names that was mentioned here or any other person, Let's say that person has paid all the money, right? Does that automatically clear him? Is he now in the is he now in the good books? Is he now in the clear if 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 he, if he has paid all that money? And are the deeds they now forgotten in terms of the law? So think about that. We're gonna get to you um get you with regards to that. A question to Molina though. Um just a question and this is a Tisno Susala Sal said is not for a leerde uh is it that if the operators con the Mu'tamirin and that they can't perform Umrah, then is this also then by the will of Allah? So I con somebody, right? Can I still, is, is, is me going to Umrah still or for Umrah still by the will of Allah, although I've con somebody? Well, absolutely. Uh, somebody made a very similar comment, you know, in fact, not somebody. Uh, this comment was made to the Patels uh, by Imam Fasih himself, you know, uh, when he actually said that Allah didn't choose you to go on Hajj. You know, subhanAllah, to make a comment like that, we know that both good and bad comes from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is creator of each and everything. At the end of the day, Allah Ta'ala has put us all year today collectively. Each, uh, like the lady mentioned earlier on, uh, Washila mentioned earlier on, that these Mu'tamirin, they were handpicked, they were selected. In the same way, Allah Ta'ala has handpicked and selected each and every one of us, Alhamdulillah, to be in this particular scenario at this particular time to see what we are going to do regarding this particular subject matter. Faisal Sayyid mentioned earlier on, um, uh, alluding to the fact that, uh, Alhamdulillah, in the past, people could come up with the excuse that. Uh, we do not have uh, legal fees, we do not have funds. Alhamdulillah, uh, Fazluddin Abrams has availed his services and his resources. So what is our excuse now? The coal in this particular oven here is the Mu'tamirin, is uh, the Hujaj. They are the ones who are to mandate the lawyer, given him instruction to, yes, please go ahead, make the case, take the advice of the lawyer and do things. So yes, look, at the end of the day, it is from Allah Ta'ala, but it is 
is also a test from Allah Ta'ala to see what exactly we as individuals, as ulama, from the ulama fraternity, our first mandate is to expose and to uh, uh, remedy the situations. What is the, 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 the responsibility of the Mu'tamirin? Allah Ta'ala has placed them in the situation. Allah Ta'ala has given uh, Fazluddin Abel, uh, Abrams the resources and the knowledge. What is he going to do with it? Alhamdulillah, he chose to uh, render a service to the Muslim Ummah. Faisal Sayyid, he has his uh, show, Alhamdulillah, he made a choice. Each and every one of us have a role to play. Mm. But if we are going to start using this as an excuse, then where are we really going to draw the line? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go for some commercials, but before I go, let me just get into some of the messages that came through quickly. It says, um, I don't know, I don't know where to start. I kid you not, because it's Facebook, it's the SMSs, it's the WhatsApps, and everything that's coming through all at the same time. Let's get into the SMSs quickly from 5988. It says, Many other industries or sectors of commerce are, are regulated precise, precisely for this reason. This couple now experiences, referring to the two of you, shameless shocks they are. Um, with regards to the... Okay, no, that's something else that uh, came in there. Um, what is this? Salam people just don't want to learn. Book with people that's registered with Sauk and with agents that's in the game for a very long time, says uh, 2754. Uh, 6625 also says that people must stop depending on agents in inverted commas. They must become independent and self-informed and do proper research before just booking. I don't necessarily agree completely with that with that comment. I mean, if you listen to, to to Muslim radio in particular, you're going to find all these operators giving all these package, packages all year round, and you learn to trust certain people. Sometimes Faisal Sayed was, an, was a tour guide or a tour leader or religious leader with a particular Hajj operator. To Utopia. <laughs> I'm just using Faisal as, as an example And so now Faisal no longer works with that operator Who's been a reputable mm. operator for many, many years And so he now decides he's going to go on his own now Because Gulam traveled with Faisal With that operator to, for Umrah or for Hajj Gulam trusts, trusts Faisal But he trusted Faisal based on the operator And what that operator was offering Now Faisal is a free agent no, So now all of a sudden the operator is now also in the in the limelight. You know what I mean? Correct. So 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 we've got to be also very open-minded when we do make these comments and stuff. It seems as if Saud don't want to get involved in these kinds of problems facing the um, uh, the Umrah. Not entirely true. From eight six nine one Saud, the South African Hajj and Umrah Council. And some people called me the mouthpiece um, for South, just like some people call you the mouthpiece of many other things. We get blamed for so many things. Like he says, I have to be a millionaire by then. Just send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, 8691, even with regards to the whole thing, South did not say that they don't want to be involved in regulating the industry. There were other parties, other organizations that came out and said no we're going to try and do this then Saug said okay fine so they're going to take a step back and that didn't get into fruition with the other parties now when the tangas is hitting the fan everybody's saying but now 
Where's Soak? Where is the MJC? But you guys are the same people that said, no, hold up. We're going to try and do this on our own. But I can tell you that on this very radio station, Soak, as well as the MJC, as well as Satoa, they all came on board. They all said, this is something that needs to be done. This is something that needs to be regulated. And in fact, I had a promo made. I forgot to, to, to send that to you where Sheikh Riyad says that our people cannot be left like this, quote, unquote. I need to go for a break, but I want to end off with uh, this message that came from 3555. It says, what was what is meant for you, or what was meant for you, you shall never miss. What missed you was only by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. There's a lesson in it for all of us. Yes, I absolutely agree with you, but not by somebody else's intervention. That needs to be by Allah's intervention. Let's mm-hmm. pay the bills. On the other side, we continue. Station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Welcome back to Burning Issue on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. The time now 19 minutes to the hour of uh, 9 o'clock. I'm Gulam Fakir in for Yazid this evening. Now, Washila, I just want to come to you again. Okay. Just lift the microphone for me quickly. There we go. Yeah. What's next? What are you hoping to to um, to happen? Um, I have little hope of us receiving money, to be quite honest. Um... He hasn't promised us he was going to pay our money, like he promised Mitchell's Plains people. But at the end, we are going to go Umrah, inshallah. Amen. And um, what happened to us should be experienced. And the reason why I stood up, because I don't want the next person to go through what we went through. And I don't want to be it to be that there is going to be more of this coming. Mm. more operators coming to con people, more um, victims that's going to step forward after this experience. Mm. I wanted to stop and like I said previously, whoever was a victim, please step forward and stand by us. Mm. Because all of us had a vision of going to a holy place and it was taken away from us. Mm. So don't be scared because I think a lot of people are scared to stand up and say what happened to them. Don't be scared because we have a lot of support. I kind of, I kind of like your thinking, um, Oshila, only because you're saying you know, you're technically saying I'm not putting my mind on this money because I'm swinging both ways. If I get it, Alhamdulillah. If I don't get it, exactly. You know, but should you get this money, your nineteen thousand or times two, you get that money back? Would you feel comfortable taking that exact same money? And going for Umrah? I will take the money and go for Umrah because that's what it was destined the purpose. for. Yeah. Yes. And um but I hope and that the people that came before us that they get their money first. Tell me something, how does it make you feel? How does it it's now almost a month later? How and does it how does it make you feel knowing you're not worried even about the money? 
You just wanted to go on the strip, and like you said, if you get the money, alhamdulillah, if you don't, fine also. But how does it make you feel? There, there has to be some sort of emotion that you go through. Like I say, you go through the anger. You go, you go through a lot of emotions when it happens. Mm. But I'm at the stage now where it happened, and there's a lesson to be learned. And um, for me, like I said, for me, stepping forward, I'm not stepping forward for myself. Mm. There's a lot of victims. And I feel that a lot of them are scared to come forward. I don't know why. Mm. And but if if just just, just, just to break your word there, um, uh, and, and I want to maybe bring in some others as well, just very quickly, time is gonna, not playing with us this evening. But you, you're mentioning that very interesting part. You know, people don't want to come forward or they, they, they've, they've been victim to it, not necessarily with the individuals that we're speaking about, but many other scenarios even. Mm. I find that people are niemand ons is Muslim, oma die stil, ons trauma om het self te resolve. But if it's something that is so common, it has become almost like a practice every single year. I've got to sit behind this microphone and I've got to say, ah, again, you know. Malena, is this something that is that is common? And and do you have some advice for those people who's listening to say, listen, yeah, as Muslim, You know, absolutely. Uh, this type of thinking uh, is there, and unfortunately, um, we we somehow some we we misunderstand this also. We need to know where do we exactly draw the line. To what extent are we really going to take this particular uh, uh, thinking? If there's, a, if there's a way to resolve the matter, for example, there are, t- there, there are two types of sin. One sin that is done in public and one sin that is done uh, in halwat, in, in seclusion, where only it's between yourself and Allah Ta'ala. But when this particular sin has been done in public, then... In Sharia, the, uh, Imam Ghazali Rahmanullah, he mentions uh, in, in, in one of his kitabs uh, the need for ghibat, you know. We know generally that to make ghibat it is haram, al ghibat to ashaddu mina zina, that to make ghibat is, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that to make ghibat it is worse than making zina. But in this particular case here, many scholars have written, in fact scholars have written books against other scholars who have deviated. Early on you mentioned here that um, people with names of molinas, sheikhs, imams, you know, unfortunately these are also humans they also make mistakes but there has to be repercussions for these people right. as well so that is why the scholars have written even books against one another and Imam Ghazali Rahmullah has mentioned the, the need for ghibat uh, there's something in, 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 in a terminology where the scholars have, have, have given jawas and they call it ghibatul mu'allafat mu'allafat means uh, you know authoring writing and ghibat which we we, 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 we are basically common uh, we, we know what the term ghibat means but uh, the permissibility to name and shame as Sheikh Riyad Fatah as made mentioned earlier on, which according to him and myself or our organizations, it is mandatory, it is necessary. Uh, my memory serves me well. I was uh, very much still a teenager at the time when um, Sheikh Sadullah Khan in, uh, in the Gaysville Masjid, my father would always remind me, where he also came out with a very pati- with this very same industry. He says that these people must be exposed. These uh, Hajj and Umrah uh, operators who are fraudulently operating so freely, they must be exposed so that people are warned and cautioned about that. And mentioning these words also brings back uh, um, the memory of a hadith when Abi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa actually says that 
mention them, name them, so that people are cautioned and they are protected mm. from these individuals. So if this is your intention, not with the intention that I'm going to get back to you or, 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 or take revenge upon you, but if right. the intention is to establish what is just, which uh, we have always been doing, alhamdulillah, from the German Tulema Western Cape side, people know us, they will know that we are extremely robust, it is our biggest department, it is something that we've been doing for very long now, Allah Shukr, and it is something that we will continue. If there's anybody that's prepared to challenge us, or to try and uh, threaten us, uh, that we have received some threats, you know, of legal action as well, then we welcome you out there. Certain accusations has been made against the organization and myself as an individual. We put the challenge out there. We welcome you guys. Please step on board. If you prepare to guide and to uh, expose, you know, what you believe that we have done wrong, then we welcome each right. and every challenge out there, inshallah. Shukran. Faisal, I'm going to give you a minute before I go for commercials and hand over to, to our attorney quickly. Closing you. comments from your side. I've got a couple of ones. I've jotted them down. I never write things down, but let me just do it now. <laughs> okay, so firstly, uh, the visa aspect that uh, our guest brought up earlier on. I learned from the past that when an operator, and I'm not saying that it cannot happen, but when you start hearing the story about the visa, 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 mm-hmm. please understand that that's your first sign that the cookie is crumbling. So be careful of that one, right? Secondly, I, I said this on the Facebook Live, but I want to say it on the on Voice of the Cape. In the time of my grandmother, the trips were long, but uh, they, we never knew if they were coming back because the trips were long. Today, you're not sure if, you, if you're going at all. Mm. So this is about going and coming. The issue about the industry being regulated, I think that we're making a strong call for regulation. However, the industry cannot be regulated by people in the industry. Mm. So if you're a travel agent, for example, please don't come and sit on that board. It's not going to work because you're going to work in your interest. It's very obvious. And then secondly, to the people that support what I call Hajj crooks, they Umana crooks, but we just call them Hajj crooks. Please understand the message is very clear to you that support them that you are supposed to stand on the side of the aged sick and poor victims i cannot understand why you support a crook and stand on the wrong side of history because hajj crooks do not steal people's money they steal people's dreams and you were trying to work out what they were early on what category they fall in a hajj crook in my view is what we call a plague and it's the plague that we need to get rid of great stuff shukran so much uh, 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 Faisal. um for your closing comments there it's gone 10 minutes to the hour of nine o'clock when we come back i'm going to give five minutes over to the attorney and he's going to give you in fact there's a lot of messages that came through Kulam, now what about this person can we do this Kulam, can we do that what about this other person we went to the police station went to lawyers no one received any money back and that comes from 2074 2074 listen to um uh, our attorney after the break inshallah he's got some news for you so get your pen and paper ready already because he's got contact details and everything is going to talk you through that process. I've got five minutes left for him and that's going to happen after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, Radio station, the voice of the Cape.
And uh, we're in the final stretch of a burning issue. The next couple of minutes, I want to dedicate to Fazluddin Abrams. He's the attorney dealing with this matter. Fazluddin, I know you spoke about this earlier. You shared your contact details as well. A lot of messages coming through of people saying, this happened to us as well. No monies have been paid out. What do we do, etc.? But before we even get to your contact details, what is your way forward now for anybody who's listening to us right now and thinking, okay, now what do I do? At, at which point do they, do they decide I need to take this matter further? Uh, Gulam, thank you very much. Um, I think that people really should uh, think and say, if if I lost money as a result of the conduct of a tour operator, a free agent or so, uh, and, and my commitment, you must understand, Gulam, that my commitment of providing my services and my resources would be for anyone who has been done in as a result of their belief. So if they dealt with an imam, with a tour operator, uh, with the intention of performing a spiritual journey, we their religion is concerned, then certainly I will provide my service and, uh, and, and, and resources for that. So they simply need to look at, before they even uh, plan their travel, you know, they need to ask around, get mm-hmm. three quotes, uh, go around to various operators, confirm whether they are accredited, even though uh, the Umrah requirement is not for the operator to be accredited right. uh, with, the, with SAUG, uh, I think it would be best to make sure that this particular tour operator <coughs> is in fact accredited with SAUG mm-hmm. for Hajj, and that would confirm that they are credible. If you're dealing with a free agent, then simply make sure that this free agent discloses to you exactly which tour operator they'll be using. You contact the tour operator and confirm whether they have been used or they've been utilizing the services of this free agent. Mm. Um, So moving forward, I think with with regards to the regulation, um, one should definitely uh, set up a panel like uh, Sheikh Riyad Fatah has recommended um, and I would definitely put myself forward to be a part of that panel if I may so that I could provide my skills and and knowledge uh, uh, for any input in Mm. providing the uh, the necessary uh, bodies to to formulate some sort of regulations. Um, Fazlulin, sure. j- just to break in uh, quickly. Uh-huh. So, if 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 just explain this process quickly. Take was in 2010. Right. How long back can I go and come to you and say, listen, in 2010 this happened. Faisal say he did this to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, at the end of the day, we're dealing with uh, a criminal aspect. So if there's evidence uh, to the effect that falls in line with the definition of a crime, we admit any of the elements and come forward uh, I think more than 30 years if you want to do that you can you can come to us okay it's not a problem okay and now we need to get into your contact details sure um, I just want to touch quickly on on the type of uh, services that these crooks do offer I mean they they start with drafting wills they do the tour operators yeah, yeah. Uh, they deal with properties they get themselves appointed as as uh, executors and they end up selling off properties and and the poor heirs uh, get the short end of the stick um, and we do specialize in all those services such as your wills your your trust your deceased estates mm-hmm. your conveyancing and civil litigation uh, and also some criminal litigation note that we do not uh, represent Habitual criminals, gangsters, um, or um, rape robbers, or, or robberies, or murderers, uh, for our particular uh, principles. So yes, if you have found yourself being done in by anyone as a result of your religious beliefs, and you've put your trust and hope in this person, and he has taken your money for a ride, or you've taken you for he's taken you for a ride, please contact me. Um, we have uh, just the give me your contact numbers again quickly. Sure, it's zero two one. Yeah. Four double two, oh five three seven. Yeah. 
they can email me at ifabrams at tnklaw.co.za or they can contact my me on my cell number. It's 082-495-8989. Right. Gulam, if I may, before we close, okay. just, uh, the Molina spoke about uh, me still studying. And I want to make sure, because the listen, listeners might think that they're dealing with someone who's still studying <laughs> law. I've completed my law degree. Uh, I'm a director at a firm where the firm is four branches strong in, in Claremont, Weinberg, CBD and Cape Town where I direct the CBD office and I do have an associate uh, managing the Mitchell's Plan office for me. Um, the, what I'm studying is my MBA. Okay. And the first point in I an think MBA is to be selfless. Because that's what I thought when you said like studying, like, oh, it's completing studies. Okay. Correct. Oh, continuing, no, no. continuing. No, I'm doing my MBA and, and part oh. of that is being selfless and, and everything I'm doing is just falling in place as to what I can give back to these people, you know? to be selfless and give Shukran back to Shukran so much Shukran, Shukran so much to everybody for coming into Studio Faisal Said for um, helping me put the program together Malina Hassan Abrams we've got Fazlirin um, Abrams as well as uh, Washila and Mohammed Noor Shukran so much for joining us and we hope that you will get your money back and uh, for you know for, and Allah grant to you Umrah inshallah and everybody else inshallah Shukran so much it's been wonderful being in your company the views and opinions expressed in this program not necessarily that of the Voice of the Cape it's management to staff Shukran to the Shayurdan as well as to Abde Dixon Mohammed and uh, Yazid Kamaldin will be back with you next week. It's gone exactly nine o'clock. Yusuf Fisher is up next with a caravan into the night. Your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape.